Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. As we transition into uh, the teaching portion of our service today, uh, over the last couple weeks, you, you know, we've been trying to unpack and understand this idea of the different ways to engage our changing and, yes, sometimes tumultuous world with the good news of Jesus. Because that, that's our call as followers, as, as his children, we are to take the good news of Jesus into our world. And it, it can be sometimes easy to think that we're facing challenges that no other generation has. Uh, but it really, even back into the days of Jesus, there was this tension where his followers and even Jesus himself had to speak truth and teach into a world filled with tension. And perhaps we, we don't pick up on this anywhere more clearly than in the, the relationship or rather the dysfunctional relationship between Jews and Samaritans. In Jesus' day, they, they hated one another, it was mutual, but yet Jesus uh, didn't allow that to stand. He sought to bring peace to Jews and Samaritans and Gentiles beyond, and, and he came to break down those barriers. And we see Jesus working through this. Uh, one place we can capture just a glimpse of this is in Luke 9, and I invite you to turn there if you have your copy of Scripture. Uh, Luke 9, beginning in verse 52, it says, He, uh, Jesus, sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked the Lord, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? Like, that escalated quickly, right? I mean, that went from zero to a hundred instantly. Lord, because they rejected us, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Can, can you imagine in that moment, like you just responded with what felt natural, but what you received, you end up getting chewed out by the most famous man to ever walk the face of the earth. Can you imagine in that moment, talk about a learning and unlearning moment in the life of James and John. In this tension that they were experiencing, we see Jesus acting as peacemaker. Jesus didn't run from the tension. He stood firm on the kingdom truth that his followers, his kingdom would be one of enemy love. That's Jesus. He's the reconciler, the mediator, the peacemaker for you and for me. The Lord was making peace here in this scene, not just between Samaritans and God, but between James, John, and the Samaritans, their hated enemies. A peacemaker is not only who Jesus is, it's who he invites us to be within 
our world, a source of peace and reconciliation in the midst of conflict. Just as in the days of Jesus, there is no shortage of tension and polarizing uh, issues or topics happening in our world. People are drawing lines and, and changing churches and leaving relationships, distancing themselves even from family members over a plethora of issues. It might be whether it's Republican versus Democrat or left and right. It may be something like that. It may be mask or no mask, vaccine or no vaccines. It, it may be black lives matter or maybe it's all lives matter. It doesn't matter because people are separating over these things. And I know today that even the list that I just read puts attention in this room. I know that. That's the world we live in, right? When we hear things like that and feel an angst, uh, oh my goodness, I can't believe he said that. Friends, I, I think, I believe in my heart that it's into that tension that Jesus is calling you and me to step in as peacemakers. Peacemakers. Peacemakers to be reconcilers of God and people, to be reconcilers of people to one another. Will we learn what that means in the tension that we're experiencing? It might not be Jews and Samaritans anymore, but will we learn what this means for us in 2022 and beyond? That's the question today as we dive into our series. I want us to just see a glimpse of Jesus acting as peacemaker. Well, you couldn't wait, could you? We're sorry, we just uh, wanted to clear a few things up, if that's okay. By all means. You Jewish boys are far from home. Yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Shalom to you, too. Here's our traditional Jewish greeting for you. Don't lift a finger. That was a warning. Try it again and see what happens. Quiet, Big James. Shalom to you, too. You filthy dogs! I said quiet. Let us do something. And what would that achieve? Defending your honor. They reviled and humiliated you. They deserve to have bolts of lightning rain down and incinerate them. Yes, fire from the heavens. Fire? You said we could do things like that. Say the word and it will happen. Why not? We knew we couldn't trust these people. We shouldn't have come here in the first place. They don't deserve you. Why do you think I had you work, Melek's field? What was I trying to teach you? To help? You think it was just to be more helpful? Or to be better farmers? It was to show you that what we're doing here will last for generations. What I told Fotina at the well, and what she then told so many others, it's sowing seeds that will have a lasting impact for lifetimes. Can you not see what's happening here? These people that you hate so much are believing in me without even seeing miracles. It's the message, the truth that we're giving them. And you're going to get in the way of that because a few people from a region you don't like were mean to you. That they're not worthy? What, you're so much better? You're more worthy? Well, let me tell you something. You're not. That's the whole point. 
It's why I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rabbi. As we gather others, I need you to help show the way. To be humble. We will. You wanted to use the power of God to bring down fire, to burn these people up? Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. like a storm on the sea. Come on. Thunder exploding out of your chests at every turn. <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. James and John, the sons of thunder. I welcome you back to our teaching series, Learning and unlearning, just like we witnessed in this clip. Uh, within this series, uh, we're, we're trying to see the importance and the necessity of believers and the church adapting to the changes and the disruptions in our world. And I, I know what you might be thinking, that we're, we're trying to change the message, but that's, that's really not what this is about at all. In fact, some of the best news that we can share is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That alone is news worth sharing with the world. And the message of the Bible is not up for debate. It is settled. So the point of this series is that we want to see how to live our lives in these timeless truths in the midst of our ever-changing world. Because we can see it throughout Scripture that the Apostle Paul's ministry wasn't the same as Peter's. They faced different challenges, and even the 19th century evangelists in America faced different issues than we face today. So the question is, are we, the church, ready for such a time as this? For such a time as this. As we begin today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, and I invite you to turn there with me. We, we want to discern God's call uh, into the disruption of our world. We want to hear his call that says, blessed are the peacemakers. We're going to begin in verse 3 of chapter 5, and the text will be on the screen. Jesus speaking, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And finally, in verse 10, he says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
If you were to continue and unpack Matthew's gospel account, chapters 5 through 7 contain a compilation, if you will, of Jesus' teaching known as the Sermon on the Mount. And so these teachings of Jesus were given in these chapters to, to reveal what his kingdom is like, what his rule and his reign look like in our world and in our lives. It shows us what it means to be a part of his kingdom, to be a part of what he's doing. And, and the Sermon on the Mount goes on to lay out how that works and how it looks uh, in our lives. And, and any genuine reader of Scripture is going to very quickly realize that uh, this is no ordinary way of living. This is no ordinary call to engage our world. In fact, it's pretty much opposite of how the world operates. And friends, that's the point. That's the point, is that Jesus' kingdom is totally upside down from the way the world likes to operate and tends to operate. And so what we see here is that these teachings, they're not just optional accessories for the fashionable Jesus believer. They're not something we can try to attain to to earn extra credit on our eternal report card. That's not what this is revealing. This is revealing the upside-down nature of of what it means to follow Jesus. It's where we find him pronouncing blessing and joy and fulfillment. Yes, blessing, joy, and fulfillment on those who are peacemakers. We see in this text the key fruits, the elements, the ingredients, the essentials of what it means to be a Jesus believer, and right there we see blessed are the peacemakers. And I know today that in this room that there's mixed feelings and thoughts about even that single word, peace. It might even make you a little nervous about where we're headed today. However, regardless of whether peace brings up images of tie-dye and Volkswagen buses, or whether it's a lounge chair or a beach chair in paradise. What we see in this portion of Scripture is that Jesus clearly has a vision of peace for his followers. He has a vision of what peace is. So no matter our perspective, if we're in pursuit of Jesus in relationship with him, we must come face to face with Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Are we willing to learn what that call means? Are we willing to be confronted by this upside-down kingdom and this upside-down king named Jesus? Are we willing to learn what this call means in the tension of our own context? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the witness of your word. God, we thank you that you don't... uh, You don't allow us to go on in our ways, but Lord, your spirit calls us out. And so, Lord, I'm asking you today to call us out. Lord, where we have maybe looked too much like the world instead of your upside-down kingdom, Lord. We just want to humble ourselves before you and your word today. Because, Lord, you didn't give these commandments or these beatitudes as something weird to come off and finish on our own. But, Lord, it's a partnership, a merger with you. And, Lord, that's what we want today. That's what we want today is you. Have your way with us, Lord. And it's in your name. Amen. So as we begin, if Jesus is pronouncing blessing on peacemakers and being one is a key element, a key attribute of following him, it's going to be important for us just to understand what he means when he says, blessed 
are the peacemakers. And understanding this uh, biblical view of peace will help us to grab a hold, to so put some handles on this for our time. Now, as a parent, if you ask me to define peace, I'm going to tell you it's that little tiny window of time between when the kids go to bed and you go to bed. Like, can I get an amen, parents? Like, that's peace, right? But this biblical idea of peace is much bigger than that. In the Jewish context, uh, you would have likely heard the idea of peace referred to as shalom. It's how Jesus greeted uh, the, the Samaritans in our clip, shalom. Uh, and it's a much more comprehensive idea than just the, a lack of noise or conflict. Uh, in the Jewish mind, it included the idea of safety, of wholeness, to be healthy or unscathed, to be uninjured in mind or body. Peace or shalom signified a sense of well-being and harmony, both inside and outside. Shalom. It carries this idea of reconciliation between men and women, between men uh, in conflict, and it brings in the idea between reconciliation between man and God. We quickly begin to realize that peace uh, in a biblical mindset, in a biblical context, has a much more holistic view than what we might define as a little bit of peace and quiet in a beach chair somewhere. So in our teaching text, Jesus is pronouncing blessing on those who live their lives in the middle of a divided world seeking to bring about reconciliation, wholeness, healing, and flourishing where it is lacking. Blessed are the peacemakers seeking the good and just treatment of others so that they too may flourish right in the middle of the polarizing tensions. You see, the call of Jesus to be a peacemaker is not to retreat from the conflict. Honestly, that'd be easier. But the call we see of Jesus is is to stand right in the middle of the tension and be his agent of reconciliation, an agent bringing forth his healing, bringing about his peace, his shalom into our world. Blessed are peacemakers. Jesus wasn't the only one to carry on this idea uh, that it was essential to the mission. The Apostle Paul picks it up very clearly uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, the second letter, uh, in chapter 5. So if you want to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, Paul's expounding a little bit this new life in Christ, this merger of, of his life and ours and the impact of having Jesus as Lord. And he says this in verse 18, he says, All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, Paul knows here that, that it was Jesus. He is the ultimate peacemaker. He is the reconciler of sinful human beings to a holy God, but he also recognizes that Christ has given us this ministry. He's bestowed upon us this responsibility to be reconcilers in our world. He continues in verse 19, he says, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
as peacemakers in 2022, friends, we share in the same ministry as the Apostle Paul. We share in that same ministry. We share the same call to stand at the crossroads, the intersections of our polarized world, and to be a signpost, to be a source of peace, a source of shalom, to bring about healing and flourishing and reconciliation in our world. A signpost to a different kingdom. Can you, can you imagine, can you imagine what it might be like to, to make peace with someone who tried to ruin your life? To be a peacemaker in that moment. Mary Johnson, we're going to watch in this clip, she, she got it. She got it. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, Thank a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20 and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself, and I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Yes, I'm grateful. Which explains why Mary can sing yes, her praise of thanks to her audience so of one. Steve Hartman, yes, CBS News.
Minneapolis. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Can I just be honest and say that I don't really have a framework for that. Apart from Jesus, that makes no sense. There's no way to get there. It's it's crazy. It's the kingdom. Jesus would go on in the Sermon on the Mount, and he would say something like this. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. You ever tried to love someone that's your enemy? It's the same idea. Be a peacemaker. And that tension that makes us want to draw back or lash out. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. If I was to be totally honest today and transparent, this message has really been uh, a challenge. (laughs) Um, Because it's so averse to our human experience, right? Because if you want me, I just want to write back. Like, right? That's, That's the way the world operates. But Jesus says, no, 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 this is my kingdom. Love your enemies. Make peace in the tension. And when you finally understand and begin to wrap our feeble human minds around Jesus' idea of peace, once we finally get through that challenge, how uncomfortable it is to realize what he's actually calling us to. His idea of peace. And it's causing me to ask some, some questions of myself, of us as a church. And I, I have to begin, and I have to ask this question, do I have this peace in my heart? Do you? Do, do you have this peace? The peace that Mary Johnson found, do you have that in your heart? You see, G- Jesus said in John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. You see, my struggle with this is I try to bring my peace into this conversation and it just falls flat on its face. But the call to be a kingdom peacemaker says, I give you my peace. Do you have it? Do you have his peace? My peace I give you. I do not give, Jesus says, as the world does. This is an upside down kind of thing. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Friends, we can't share something with our world. We can't stand in that intersection of tension if we haven't experienced the peace of Jesus. We can't. We can't. Because I I don't know about you, but I can recognize the impact of the disruption. That list we just talked through at the beginning of the service, Like I recognize the impact on my own heart. That the world is constantly trying to pull peace, to pull my heart into unrest, away from my inheritance as a follower of Jesus. Do I have this peace? And and this is an outright attack of the enemy. The destroyer of your soul is trying to rob your peace, your God-given peace in Jesus. 
that might be coming for you through social media memes or your interaction with a 24-7 news feed. It may come through family or relational dynamics, but all of those things serve to pull our heart away from the peace of Jesus, to muddy the waters, if you will. And some of you today know exactly what that disruption feels like because that disruption for you is not out there, it's in here. And the call of Jesus is to have peace in here. See, the first blessing of being a peacemaker is knowing that in the core center of who you are, the peace of Jesus, to, to know him personally, to know that unfathomable, amazing reality of having peace with God, to know that your sins are forgiven in Christ Jesus, that his life is born within you and you are a new creation. Friends, that's peace. That's peace. To, to know that this world's disjointed systems aren't the final say. That we don't have to be sucked into all these arguments because we know the truth. That God's redemption plan is continuing on. He is going to make all things new in His image and in His perfect way. And we are a part of it in Christ Jesus. That's peace. I don't have to give my heart to today's conflict because I've given my heart to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And received His peace. Do you have His peace today, friends? As the band makes their way up, the next question I'm having to ask myself, am I living as a peacemaker or only a peacekeeper? You see, because those are really two different ideas. They're lived out two different ways, and there's some key distinctions that we need to understand today between peacemaker, the call of Jesus, and peacekeeper. You see, peacekeepers tend to work to avoid conflict or difficult conversations. Been there, right? I've been there. But you see, while peacekeepers work to avoid conflict and the tension, peacemakers don't run away from that conflict. They're willing to step into that tension with a grace-filled compassion, with a Jesus perspective. You see, peacekeepers are going to try to keep the peace by not doing anything controversial. Peacemakers are willing to upset the normal to see shalom come, to see God's rule and reign intersect the world. Peacemakers are willing to upset the normal to see Christ's way come. You see, peacekeepers really have a small goal. Peacekeepers they just want to eliminate conflict to just keep things calm. But peacemakers, what Jesus is calling us, what he's working within us to a peacemaker is, is to have a much larger vision, a goal of kingdom reality. To have a vision of flourishing and reconciliation for our world. Peacemakers quite simply have a Jesus perspective have a Jesus perspective. And finally, where do we begin? Paul says in Romans, he says in chapter 12, verse 18, he says, if it is possible, if, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
can I just say that we can exhale for just a minute knowing that all the unrest is not up to us to fix? We can't always fix the unrest in our families. We can't fix the unrest and the tension in our circles of influence at work or at school. We can't fix that all the time because reconciliation takes two parties. But look what Paul says. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace. So can we start here? Can we just start with the things that are possible for us? Because I can get lost in the things that are impossible. But this says, no, 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 just start where you are. You don't have to go looking for conflict. I'm sure there's some around if it ain't too far away, right? Start with what's possible. And as far as it depends on you, live at peace. So, so what does that look like today? Does that look like stepping out of being a peacekeeper into a peacemaker for a hard conversation? And I know how fun that sounds. Is, is, that, where, is that what's possible? Maybe, maybe what's possible for you to be a peacekeeper is to stop instigating. Pull back from social media. Pull back from that share and like button. Maybe that's what God's calling for peace. Will you just take a step of faith as a follower of Jesus? Take a step of faith. And as far as it's possible, and if it depends on you, will you step into that space as God gives you permission as His peacemaker? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. For they shall be called children of God. Do you want to be called a child of God? I do. I do. Because you see, that label carries so much more importance than what political party I'm a part of. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm a child of God. In the middle of that tension, I want to be called a child of God. That's the kingdom reality. That's it. That's it. You know, Jesus starts out there, and we're we're finished, we're finished. He starts out there, and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. I don't have a framework for this outside of Jesus, right? Like, I, I don't understand peace at this kind of level. But that's right where the kingdom starts. Because when he pronounces blessing on the poor in spirit, it's those who look inside themselves and understand, I don't stand a chance of pulling this off. I need Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Friends, if unrest today is in your family, if unrest is in your heart, if unrest uh, just marks your world and you hear Jesus calling you, would you come? The band's going to sing a song that just says, come to the altar. We're mobile, we got to figure out altars, but maybe today 
this front row of chairs would just be an altar and you can come sit. Just sit on the altar and say, Lord, I need you. Because that's what this whole thing is about. Is that transformation that he brings. Will you come today and receive peace and the commission to be a peacemaker? Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.